Chapter Thirteen of Grace Harlowe's Fourth Year at Overton College. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen: The Invitation. Neither Grace nor Kathleen went to their classes that morning. Feeling reasonably certain that the newspaper girl was in the wrong, Patience made no further effort toward discovering the nature of the quarrel. She unpacked her bag putting away its contents in her usual methodical manner without so much as a glance in Kathleen's direction. Then, taking her notebook, she went quietly out to her class in English, leaving her roommate still standing at the window, her very back expressing defiant animosity. Once in her room, Grace re-read Mabel Ashe's note. She now understood its import. My dear Grace, my words cannot tell you how sorry I am for what has occurred. I did not know until it was too late. The edition had gone to press. I am afraid I couldn't have helped much, for the powers that be were delighted with the story, and that little traitor Kathleen West scored a triumph. Knowing you as I do, I am sure you never gave her permission to publish that story. Of course she was simply a great heroine in it, but having heard the Oakdale part of the tale from you, and knowing of your promise to your father, it is plain to be seen that she took advantage of you in some way. If you haven't already delivered my invitation to her, then don't do so. I feel deeply resentful toward her. You can tell me the whole thing when you are with me. I shall expect you and the girls on Wednesday evening on the train that leaves Overton between two and three o'clock in the afternoon. You know the one I mean. I'll look it up in the timetable before Wednesday. If you happen to know one extra delightful girl who has no Thanksgiving plans, ask her to come too. Frances can't arrange to be with us so we need one more girl to do away with the problem of the lonely fifth. Three pairs are much nicer than two and a half. The half always seems out of things. Of course I am proceeding in the belief that K.W. won't come now, even if you have invited her. If she had a shred of delicacy in her cheeky little composition, she will stay away. I must stop now and rush off on the trail of a much-fated debutant, of whose engagement I have heard canny rumours. Until Wednesday, Mabel. What a darling Mabel is, said Grace half aloud. I wonder who I'd better invite. Arlene's pretty, willful face rose before her. She would have liked to ask Arlene, but that was out of the question. There was Ruth, but Ruth and Arlene were too closely associated to be separated. Suddenly she remembered Patience. The very girl, she exclaimed. I'll go and ask her now. Oh, no, I can't. I said I wouldn't go into her room again. Never mind, I'll see her at luncheon. Grace made it a point to be the first girl in the dining room at luncheon, and when Patience appeared, beckoned her to the seat beside her. Sit here, she invited. Emma won't be in. She's going to Morton House for luncheon. She told me so. Patience slipped into the vacant seat. I would like to have a talk with you after luncheon, she said in a guarded voice. "'Then come into my room,' returned Grace softly. During the progress of the meal, Kathleen West appeared, silent and morose. She nodded slightly to several girls, favoured Grace and Patience with an unspeakably insolent glance, then turned her undivided attention to her luncheon. "'Why won't you tell me what happened?' was Patience's abrupt question when Grace had beckoned her into her room and closed the door. "'She's my roommate, you see.' 
and unless you enlighten me as to the nature of her crime, I shall not know just how to proceed with her. I don't like to tell tales, she murmured Grace. Still, I believe I am justified in repeating the story to you, Patience. You have no illusions regarding Kathleen. None whatever, smiled Patience, but a disapproving frown wrinkled her forehead at the recital of Kathleen's treachery. It was abominable of her, she said when Grace had finished, and I had begun to assure myself that she was improving daily, too. She came out of her shell so beautifully the night we went to the station house, sighed Grace. I never dreamed she was planning mischief. However, I have something to ask you. Here, read this letter, then I'll talk. She tendered Mabel's letter to her friend. Patience held out her hand for it, then glanced rapidly through it. This is from the much-worshipped Miss Ash, is it? Yes, we four are going to spend Thanksgiving with her. And Patience, I should like to have you go with us. Won't you be the extra delightful girl and say you'll go? Why, why, Patience, usually cool and unemotional, coloured with pleasure. Are you sure you really want me? I should be delighted to go. "'Tis very sweet in you to ask me, Grace. "'Not in the least. "'It's very jolly in you to accept so promptly. "'There is now only one hitch in the programme. "'I've already delivered Mabel's invitation to Kathleen. "'She won't go,' predicted Patience. "'She may be lawless, but she is too wise to make any such mistake.' "'Patience's prediction, however, seemed destined not to carry far. "'To the amazement of the five young women who waited on the station platform,' for the coming of the New York train on Wednesday afternoon, the newspaper girl, suitcase in hand, walked serenely into view just as the train was heard, whistling around a bend half a mile below the station. "'She's actually going to inflict herself upon us,' muttered Elfreda in disgust. Grace had briefly explained the situation to her three friends. Just then Kathleen's eyes came to rest on the little group. A flash of surprised anger flitted across her moody face as she espied patience. Then, with an eloquent shrug of her shoulders, she marched off toward the other end of the train. "'My doom is sealed,' remarked patience dryly. "'Nothing can put our shattered acquaintance together again.' "'I knew she wouldn't go with us, even for spite,' declared Grace warily. "'Now, suppose we dismiss her from our minds. I, for one, wish to enjoy our Thanksgiving vacation with Mabel.' I may as well tell you that I am still very angry with Miss West, and for the first time in my life I know what it means to be unforgiving. Grace spoke with bitterness. In her letter to her father she had asked him to telegraph her that he forgave her. She had lingered at Wayne Hall until the last moment, but had received no word from him. Now she would not know until she returned from New York. To be sure she would try to dismiss the whole thing from her mind, but at times it rose before her like a dark shadow shutting out for the moment the pleasure of her holiday, and causing her to feel gloomy and depressed. During the journey to New York nothing was seen of Kathleen, who had taken good care not to enter the same car in which the five girls had secured seats. Grace saw her again for an instant, when, at the end of the journey, the throng of passengers surged toward the iron gates that separated them from the friends who stood anxiously awaiting their arrival. Elfreda's keen eyes were the first to catch sight of Mabel. "'There she is, girls. Doesn't she look beautiful?' Mabel Ashe's charming face smiled an eager welcome as she hurried forward with both hands outstretched to greet the travellers. "'You dear things!' she cried. "'I began to believe I should never see any of you again. 
Hurry right along. Our car is waiting, and we are going to break all the speed laws and be home in time for dinner. Wait a moment, laughed Grace. This is the extra delightful girl. Grace introduced Patience to Mabel. A long searching glance passed between the two young women. Then their hands met in a strong clasp that betokened mutual liking. I'm sure we shall be friends, declared Mabel. No surer than I am, smiled Patience. I've heard so much about you. Grace wrote me about you, too, returned Mabel warmly. I'm so pleased that you could come. This way to the car, everyone. She led them through the station to where numerous automobiles were drawn up to the sidewalk. This is our car. She pointed to a roomy, dark blue car. Hop in, she directed. The sooner we reach home, the longer we'll have to talk. I'm not going to the office again until the afternoon following Thanksgiving. I begged so hard I was allowed a vacation for once. In what seemed to Grace an incredibly brief space of time, the distance between the station and the Ashes' winter home far out on Riverside Drive was covered. The five guests could not help feeling a trifle impressed at sight of the great stone house which Mabel called home. During her college days, it was Mabel's lovable personality that had enshrined her so deeply in the hearts of the students at Overton. The knowledge that her father was a millionaire carried little weight. This thought occurred to Grace as they filed through the massive door of the vestibule and into the beautiful hall furnished in English fashion. A backlog glowed ruddily in the big open fireplace and the flickering flames crackled a welcome. I wouldn't allow James to turn on the lights. I wished you to see the hall just as it is. I love it when the shadows begin to gather, and only the firelight glows and gleams. Those andirons are very old. They belong to one of my ancestors. There are a lot of old things in the garret. What garret is not full of antiques? Ours, returned Elfreda promptly. We belong to that despised class. Ours, returned Elfreda promptly. We belong to that despised class, Novow Rich. Therefore, we are extremely short on noted ancestors and relics and things. There is nothing like perfect frankness, is there? laughed Patience. Never mind, Elfreda. It isn't ancestors that count. It is dinner that counts, or ought to count, just now. I'm going to whisk you upstairs to your rooms and give you ten minutes for repairs. Then, down to dinner, you must go, you must go chanted Mabel, winding her arms about Grace's waist and drawing her toward the stairway. Follow us and you won't be sorry. We have a lift if two flights of stairs dismay you. Lead on, commanded Miriam. Which will you choose, to room together or alone? Together, was the united response. Wait a moment, said Anne. I wish to ask you, Mabel, if you would object to rooming with Grace. I've roomed with her so long that I feel as though I... With a mischievous glance at Grace's amazed face, Anne finished in a deliberate tone. We're very selfish, so I thought perhaps you would appreciate an opportunity to have her to yourself too. Oh, ejaculated Elfreda, I thought you were going to say you were tired of Grace. So did I. A small smile gave place to the peculiar expression on Grace's face. I might have known better, though. That is generous in you, Anne declared Mabel. As hostess, I wouldn't have been so selfish as to propose it, but— Anne, if you really don't care, I would like to room with Mabel, interposed Grace. I have so much to tell her that the rest of you have already heard. 
We can have lengthy midnight confabs without disturbing any one but ourselves. Then that settles it. Room together you shall, averred Anne. There's no use in breaking up the Nesbit Briggs Association. Patience, will you accept me for a roommate? Patience bowed exaggeratedly and offered her arm to Anne. Grace will lead the way, proposed Mabel. I'm so anxious for you to meet father. I expect him home at any moment. Tucking her arm in Grace's, she led the party up the stairs, and pausing before a half-open door, said hospitably, Welcome all over again, children. This room is for Elfreda and Miriam. Enter and make yourselves comfy. You and Anne are to have the next one. Patience. My quarters are at the end of the hall. I am going to see Grace safely there. Then I'll see my maid to you. She will be delighted to be of service to someone. I have needed her very little since I turned newspaper woman, and she spends a greater part of her time lamenting over the fact. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Don't trouble to dress for dinner tonight. We shall be strictly informal. I've ordered an early dinner. We will dress afterward. Father is going to take us to the theatre. The mere mention of Mabel's father brought to Grace's mind that which she had been making a determined effort to forget, her father's displeasure. Her face clouded with pain and resentment as she thought of the girl whose treachery had brought about the first misunderstanding of her life between her and her father. Father had only written me a line or sent me a telegram, she thought sadly, winking back the tears that threatened to fall. I must not let Mabel imagine for a minute that I am anything but happy for tonight, at least. If she knew how dreadfully I felt about father, it would partly spoil her pleasure this evening. I'll try to act as though nothing unpleasant has happened, decided Grace as she followed Mabel into what she had termed her quarters. Grace could not refrain from giving a soft exclamation of delight as she gazed admiringly about the beautiful room into which she was ushered. This is my own particular hanging out place, laughed Mabel. When I am at home, which is seldom, I spend most of my time in here. See my desk. I'll tell you a secret, Grace. I'm writing a novel. It's more than half done, too. I haven't told anyone else, not even my father. My greatest trouble is not having the time to work on it. My newspaper work keeps me busy early and late, but I can't complain because I'm gaining all sorts of valuable experience. Mabel talked on about her work, and as Grace watched the sparkling, animated face of her lovely friend, she felt very sure that Mabel Ashe, at least, would never sacrifice a friend in the interest of her paper. End of chapter 13